Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Input 2. I am your host, Tanner Kenny, Senior Reviews Editor and host of the show. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and with me today, I have one guest, but uh, the best guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, it is me, Catherine Simone, Features Associate and Queen of Anime. Absolutely. The the anime queen, the one yes. person who can stomach the garbage that is current anime seasons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, ooh, yeah. boy. Yeah, so... I'm not really watching a lot of current anime besides Keep Your Hands Off Izoken, but... Yeah, I don't know what's coming out. Uh, yeah. I assume it's not great. Uh, Nekopara has an anime this season, Oh, so. don't even talk about <laughs> Nekopara. I... <laughs> I don't even want to. That, that probably tells you about the state of anime right now. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Nekopara. Don't ask Blake Chapman or I about Nekopara. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have. We don't want to talk about it, essentially. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh, today, we're taking a little break from talking. Well, we're going to talk about movies, but we're taking a little bit of a break from talking about just movies, and instead, we're going to be talking about. A genre. We're going to be talking a little bit about the popular, the recent popularity of what has been lovingly called the isekai. Uh, this is a whole genre that you, uh, isekai sta- is, is, of course, another world. That's what it, yes. that's what it stands for. Uh, and while isekai has become incredibly popular in recent seasons and uh recent years and has uh, dominated a lot of seasons of anime <laughs> and it's very popular as a form of uh light novel yes in japan like uh no game no life was uh yeah that was that's the thing no game no life konosuba both of them were light novels and then of course you have sword art online yes uh re-zero mm-hmm. uh and such other classics as uh reincarnated as an onsen <laughs> Reincarnated as a vending machine. Finally. And reincarnated as a sword. God, I wish I could be reincarnated as a vending machine and put an end to this miserable existence. (laughs) Vending machine... I don't want to talk about vending machine. (laughs) I was going to tell some vending machine facts, but that's not the front of this program. (laughs) Nah, but uh, the isekai is something that is not... It's not underdone. There's a lot of uh, representation of the isekai genre. A lot of different kinds of shows that uh, people enjoy, I guess. I guess. <laughs> That's a stretch. Eh. Uh, and the kind of genre that isekai is, it's a specific kind of fantasy that's sometimes, you know, it's another world, but... Uh, you also have some other types like the portal fantasies. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of examples being Alice in Wonderland. D- that's an isekai. Yeah. And uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Those. Mm-hmm. That's also an isekai. Yep. Or Stranger in a Strange Land stories like Gulliver's Travels or The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And more recently, due to technology, we've seen a lot of isekais take place in an alternate reality, but not an alternate reality, but a virtual reality. Yeah. A la Dot Hack or even Ready Player One to a degree, <laughs> depending on how you v- evaluate what an isekai is. And yeah. we'll get into that because both of us have thoughts. Yes. Because <clears throat> because the true nature of an isekai, what, a, what an isekai is, like a lot of genres is very hard to pin down. And we've come in here to discuss... What it takes to be considered a proper isekai, and then we'll look at some uh, usages of the genre, particularly how it wormed its way into a recent Netflix picture uh, that released <laughs> last month or last week. Excuse yes. me, released last week on Valentine's Day, along with another video game. Along movie. with along with Sonic, although Sonic, that was an isekai. Yeah, where Sonic comes into or into the real world. It's a reverse isekai. It's a reverse isekai, but no. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Dragon Quest Your Story, along with a few other things that well, we'll talk about. A lot of things here. We're generally just trying to talk about isekai, you know, and take and evaluate some isekais that we find interesting or strange. Uh, so. Let's start. I want to start with a question. I want to get. I want to. I want to pick at your brain, Catherine. Yeah. Uh, if you were to describe an isekai, what are some of the key mechanics of the genre? Well, based on the anime I've watched, a lot of isekai tend to focus on like a sort of nerdy male protagonist, and they're like 
late twenties, early thirties, kind of kind of that otaku type. Oh yeah. Yeah. And usually they get transferred into another world either through like they get stuck in a video game or they die and get reincarnated. Et That's cetera. very popular. Yeah. And so basically a lot of these worlds tend to be modeled after like JRPGs and like MMOs, kind of like Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much like most of the things that they utilize like a lot of JRPG tropes that like nerds would be familiar with. And yeah, yeah a lot of self-referential humor, a lot of meta humor. Yeah, and there's usually like a harem of female characters for the to be the male character's arm candy. Because of course there are. Yeah. Because that's what anime is all about. It's about waifus. Yeah, wish fulfillment. <laughs> it's about wish fulfillment for nerds. Yes. That's shout outs to all the anime fans. <laughs> nerds. Yes. I'm saying that. I'll bu- I'll bully any anime fan. Yeah. As a fan of anime. How dare you? <laughs> I will I bully myself all the time. Oh no. Retweet, by the way. Yes. Retweet that. Uh but no, I would say I agree with a lot of that. Uh in Isekai, very much very simply, it's tip a protagonist, typically male, goes into another world through some form of transportation. Uh, and this other world can be a video game or a book world or some kind of realm that is not their own. Uh, although some people consider a world within a world not technically an isekai, but that's that's going into technicalities. And yeah. for for the most part, I would they're, they're different worlds. They're <laughs> they're different worlds. That's you're being a you're being a little stickler for details there, in my opinion. But uh, yeah. other than that, what sort of characters do you think are typical aside from what you've uh you uh, already explained what sort of characters are typical for the genre i mean like aside from like the male protagonist and the girls the girls uh, plural and what types of girls you can go into that too i mean it's usually just the typical like anime tropes like you got your sundere's your yandere's your dere's your <laughs> pretty much all everything all the 30-something-year-old nerds eat up. Yeah, all those wonderful character ar- character archetypes that yeah. are definitely not overdone. Yeah, definitely not toxic at all. <laughs> none, none of them are toxic, of yeah. course. But, uh... Yeah, uh... I would, those are pretty much the main characters. Other than that, like, what kind of villains do these, uh... Isekais typically have? Um, usually just like the typical JRPG villain, like, haha, I want to take over this world, or I programmed this game. I forgot why I made this <laughs> I, video game. I programmed this game so I could be yes. God. Yes. Yeah, or in the case of Sword Online, I forgot LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was the plot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was a plot point. Oh it man! <laughs> Among other plot points, yes, man. Sword Art Online, what a classic! Yeah, what is. a wonderfully written piece of art. <laughs> it's art for sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, are there any? I'm not gonna go ask for like specific names, but what sort of tropes do you see typical within the isekai genre? I mean, like, pr- if I mean, you need to take a second to think about it, we can always cut this out. Hmm. Yeah. Because there's like a lot to go, there's a lot to digest with the isekai genre. Absolutely, it's very broad. It's a very broad term, and that's one of the problems that I have with the label. Uh, very, a lot of things can be considered an isekai. You have a list. Yes, I do. <laughs> you have a list of things that are considered an isekai. Earlier today, Catherine and I uh, were bouncing some ideas off of each other of what is considered an isekai. Uh, there are some things that m- this may- this may anger you. Uh, <laughs> feel free to skip ahead until we stop naming off random shows. Okay. All right. What what sort of things are isekais? All right. Give me a sec to pull up this. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, like because the, yeah. the 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 fact that it's just another world. Yeah. Means that it's very easy to like in your mind justify. Oh, this is an isekai. Like I sent my brothers. Twitter is an isekai. Uh, <laughs> Twitter Twitter app is an isekai. Yes. Uh, when I go in and play as my Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> character in a, in an alternate world. All right, my all right. I have a list of isekai things. So basically, right here, I have all your animes like your Sword Online, your Shield Heroes, your Konosubas. You know all the yeah. stuff that no one cares about. Yeah, and then you get down to like Digimon, Inuyasha, the kind of things that 
really nobody thinks about when you bring up isekai but are still popular. Because Digimon is in fact an isekai. They go to the digital world. Yeah. And then isek- and then quote unquote isekai. <laughs> First, Alice in Wonderland. Absolutely. Sonic and the Secret Rings. Yep. He goes into a storybook world. Yep. And, and Sonic and the Black Knight too. Yeah. Th- that was part of Sega. They were doing a whole storybook series. Yeah. That. And they stopped at Black Knight. Uh, not surprising. Yeah. Motion I, controls. I love controlling those games. Yeah. Controlling in heavy air quotes. Uh, Chalk Zone, that's an isekai. Chalk Zone is an isekai. Deltarune. Mm-hmm. Jumanji. Yep. The Wizard of Oz. Yep. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Yep. The Smurfs movie, which is a reverse isekai. Yep, the Smurfs come into our world. Yep. Code Lyoko. <laughs> Code... And that's a question that I want to ask, because Code Lyoko, they go back and forth yeah. between the world of the game, uh, the world of Lyoko and the, and the real world, yeah. where... Uh, the the teen drama happens yeah. that is so beautiful. Yes, it's so beautiful. Yes, uh, but would you? Does going between the two worlds invalidate the isekai for you? Because some people uh, would say that you would you should be st- uh, the, when you t- look at an isekai, the person is stuck in that world and they can't go back. Uh, well, first of all, I already list chalk in which they go back and forth between yeah. like the chalk world and that. Yeah, that's true. And then second of all, like. In, in, like, the later seasons of Sword Art Online, they're able to go back and forth between the game world and the real world. So, yeah. And that's still considered isekai. So I guess it just depends on who you ask. Yeah, I, I think for the official input two stance, going between worlds is fine. Feel free to continue your list. Yes. Okay, so we have Dragon Tales, Tron, <laughs> Kingdom yep. Hearts with the Tron and Winnie the Pooh worlds yes. only. Kingdom, Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is an isekai, but only in <laughs> specific examples. Yeah. All right. Uh, because <laughs> Winnie the Pooh world is another world because it's a book world. Yeah. And Tron is a virtual world, which are considered isekais. Not the Disney worlds, though. Because yeah. th- that's an interconnected That's like an interconnected imaging. And then last, I have Old Lore Mario, <laughs> in which Mario and Luigi were plumbers from B- Brooklyn and then get trapped in a pipe and then get transported into the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that's that's still lore to me. That's yeah. still real to me. <laughs> uh, personally, that's what I consider the lore. Uh but yeah, uh, so when you look at these sorts of things and you can see that isekai is very broad, uh, yeah. are, are these sort of like random examples uh, and how we look in like the current anime now, yeah. uh, how has the genre evolved over time in terms of certain shows? Yeah. Well, like the first, I think like a lot for a lot of people, the first, the like two of the first isekais that come to mind are either Digimon or The Vision of Escaflone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for most people, that introduction was was Digimon, and that was mostly, like, a toyetic sort of monster-collecting thing. So it was, like, it doesn't have a lot of the tropes of... Yeah. Yeah. And the and as for Escaflone, it's been such a long time since I've seen that show. I don't even know what Escaflone is. So basically, it's kind of... This girl gets stuck in an alternate universe, and it has robots and oh, wow. shoujo romance. A and, female protagonist? Yeah. That's it's crazy. A, yeah, it's actually kind of weirdly progressive for I- Isekai at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, are, I am curious, though. Are there any other Isekai that you know of that, ha- like, that have a female protagonist f- recently uh, uh, in terms of anime? I, I That's something kind of like to spring on you without putting it in the outline, I'm sure. is uh, Would have liked to have been something to research. But uh, if not, we can move on. I can't think of any recent examples of that yeah it and it really sure is strange why they aren't trying to make their other world fantasy for women yeah it's insane how that's happening and Mm -hmm. i wonder why i wonder (laughs) i wonder why (laughs) because isekai is fairly notorious for being a lazy tropey anime targeted at a very specific demographic which we've touched upon but just to make it clear what is the demographic for isekai well the first thing that comes to mind when i think of the isekai demographic the show the kind of demographic that these companies are trying to aim towards it's usually the 20 something otaku Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of person who still lives in their mother's basement. Whoa, gets... whoa, whoa. Okay. As somebody who lives in a basement, <laughs> I, that's uh, a fair critique. I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically the kind of person who's like sort of like 
I don't want to like throw this term around like liberally, but kind of incelly, I guess. Mm, that's that's true. A very neat. I think. Very neat. Yeah, like a lot people who tend to be into like the very like niche sort of like. Yeah, they have their their figurines, their figurines, their doc, their, their Daki Mora, yeah, uh, <laughs> those sorts of things. Yeah, and the, and like usually these shows are meant to act as sort of like a wish fulfillment. Like, oh, look at this nerdy guy who's in this world getting all these chicks. Yeah, he's so powerful, and yes. all the women love him. Unlike you in real life, <laughs> uh, the anime says. Look, yes. the director says, looking through the camera at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those sorts of things, yeah. Uh, and how is this further... Uh, how do these companies, in terms of them targeting the specific demographic, make the genre weaker? How do, like, how do the narratives get weakened because of that? Well, obviously, like when your main character is an undefeatable badass, it kind of like undermines any stakes that, that could be in the show. Oh, absolutely. Like Sword Art Online, when Kirito just like, his health bar barely goes below, barely like moves, a, moves an inch when he's hit by like a barrage of swords. Yeah. Unlike Code Lyoko, where people die all the time <laughs> yes. in the game world. Code Lakino, am I right? <laughs> Code Lakino. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You know, Kirito is absolutely an example of one of these awful protagonists. Yes, and there is just like many more examples of like the the male character who is just like an undefeatable badass. Yeah, and then you have some examples that go against this specific sort of trope. Like uh ReZero has the main character come in. He has no new powers. Yeah. He is legitimately useless and dead weight. <laughs> quite literally dead weight in the story <laughs> yes. as his special power is when he dies it create he goes back in time and creates a temporal loop <laughs> uh which is interesting just a great power just a fantastic power to have yes. uh and then you have people like and then you have uh isekai like Ko- konosuba which is yeah. super popular uh where Kir- K- kazuya I haven't seen this show, so uh, whatever. Okay. I'm pretty sure his name's Kasuya. Where yeah. uh, the main, where Mr. Main character, he gets transported to this fantasy world, and he has to build himself literally from the ground up, yeah. uh, like a DND character at yeah. level one, <laughs> with no useful traits and powers, <laughs> and all of his friends are useless. Uh, <laughs> which I think is a very interesting twist because you see a lot of very powerful characters in Isekai. Yeah, uh, and then you can say that uh use learn mastering one magic that you can cast once per day uh <laughs> makes you powerful or yeah. you know having a being like a, a moderately okay thief is a is a power but no uh i think both of those do a fairly good job of uh turning those specific genre tropes on its head yeah uh are there any examples that you can think of for that um, this is a show I haven't seen in a long time, but the anime Log Horizon is actually Ooh, a pretty... I, I've heard that. I've heard about that. Yeah. It's actually a pretty interesting twist because instead of focusing on, like, the badass male character goes around and does his thing, it's mostly focused on, like, the politics of the world and trying to, like, survive in this game world and when nobody can escape. Yeah. It's very... From what I remember, it's very interesting. Yeah, Blake mentioned that to me. Like, the main character's, like, a healer. Yeah, uh, which is different because you know who wants to play as a healer. <laughs> uh, shout outs to all all the e girls, my fellow e girls out there, play and support. Yes, uh, the heroes, the people who want to play white mage. Uh, God bless them. <laughs> yes, God bless them. We em. stand you here at Bite Input Two. We stand you here on our film podcast Input Two. <laughs> <laughs> you video game players. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting take on the genre just because it does something like unique. Like what would you do in the situation where you can't escape from the video game world? Uh yeah. Yeah, I think that's sounds good. Yeah. Uh I have not checked it out. Blake recommended it to me, actually. Yeah. He said it was really good from what he saw of it. And I'm down for that. I think that that's great i love i love shows about politics yeah and i think politics of uh of a fake video game world that becomes your real world uh yeah you know that sort of thing is very interesting now isekai gets criticized a lot and we're criticizing it a lot here but do you think that this is 
these sorts of criticisms, are they a misrepresentation of a genre that's just entirely too broad to really pin down? Or is there a serious problem within the genre that's enabling these sorts of very lazy narratives? This is... I mean, like, the thing is, like, yes, Isekai is a very broad genre, and you can apply it to anything from frickin' Dragon Tales to Sonic and the Secret Rings. <laughs> yeah. But, like, there is, like, a very specific, like, subgenre within that subgenre of just, like, the kind of wish fulfillment get all the girls kind of shows yeah. that, are just, that do kind of, like, under give the whole thing, thing a bad name. Yeah. Because there's a lot of interesting things you could do with the whole trapped in another world genre, but these, but these writers just aren't doing them. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, yeah. You 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 think that with because this genre has been around for over a hundred years. Yeah, these sorts of these sorts of narratives are not new in the slightest, and yeah. yet we see so often the same narratives and the same characters and the same wish fulfillment fantasies played out by by sad nerds <laughs> like uh, Ernest Cl- Ernest Klein, uh, writer of Ready Player One. Uh, which <laughs> is pathetic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll talk about Ready Player One because uh, we don't have a lot here to really talk about. And th- there's there's some things to discuss with Ready Player One and yeah. uh, its writer, Ernest yeah. Klein, uh, and his poetry. Yeah, his uh, poetry. His poetry. Yay. But uh, I've, I want to start by taking a look at Let's, we're going to talk about a few things, a few specific shows and whatever, including Konosuba again, because I have watched both of the seasons of it. Yes. I've not read the light novel because I don't know how to read. <laughs> uh, but Neither do I. But uh, I will talk about the show just because I am familiar with it. And I encourage yeah. you to talk uh, if you have any specific examples, either good or bad, on your mind that you would yeah. like to uh, talk about. We'll get into that, but uh, let's start with one that actually inspired us to talk about this because it made you angry. <laughs> yes, and it made me angry by proxy uh, <laughs> because I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> let's talk about Netflix's Dragon Quest: Your Story. Oh, uh, this is a film that was released last week, as we said on Valentine's Day. Yeah, uh, and it is an adaptation of the fifth Dragon Quest game. Yep. Uh, and it's a pretty straight adaptation. Yeah, for the most part, they pretty much go beat by beat by the, through the story. Like when the hero grows up and ha- has to like choose choose who he wants to marry, choose his waifu. Yeah, and ha- have his little quests. You know, have your his kid. Your tr- your typical Dragon Quest stuff. Yeah, yeah, as always. Yeah, uh, and then you know, it's it's lo- It's actually I I enjoyed what yeah. I watched of it up until you know I, I didn't have a lot, enough time to watch the whole thing. But what I watched of it, I thought was very good. I love yeah. the art style of it. I think the same studio is doing the Mewtwo Strikes Back, yeah, remake that's coming out soon, and that looks really good too. Yeah, that, actually, that actually doesn't look too bad. Yeah, the music is great. Yeah, uh, done by our favorite Vocaloid Hatsune Miku. Yeah, God bless getting around there. What a champion Hatsune Miku is. Yes. Uh, but then for some reason. <laughs> for some godforsaken reason because we live in a simulation and yes. I know this because every handle every metal door I've touched today has shocked me I am static right now I'm a ball of static which means I know the simulation's falling apart for all of you out there uh, <laughs> but Dragon Quest Your Story reveals itself to be an isekai <laughs> It was an isekai the whole time. So, what a, would you like to explain what revelation we uncover in the last, the literal last 15 minutes of yes. this, like, two-hour movie? Hour and a half? It was like a... Yeah, like, two-hour movie. Two, it's a near two-hour movie. So, basically, in the end, they defeat the bad guy, and they're like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, we did it. We beat him. And then the whole simulation falls apart. And then there's, like, this virus that comes, and it's like, oh, you're living in a simulation. <laughs> Grow up, nerd. <laughs> Grow up, Stop nerd. hanging on to your nostalgic memories of this game. <laughs> and then Mr. Hero goes, no, these characters are real to me. I'm going to beat you with this antivirus slime. And then they all live happily ever after in a virtual world where he gets to marry his waifu. Yes. Uh, 
just just incredible. Yes. Just incredible. So I want your gut reactions, Catherine, because I'm going to share mine. I want your gut reactions of when you realized what was happening. Yeah. I want to know, like, your mental process. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I had a vague idea of the isekai twist because, like, when the movie came out in Japan in, like, August of last year, people hated it for that reason. Oh, good. There was a huge backlash against that movie. And that... But when I was going into it, I was thinking, like, oh, at the end, he was just going to wake up and it was going to all just be a dream or something stupid like that. But no, it was far worse. worse. It was worse than that. They actually tied that shit to the plot. Yeah. Please censor that. The plot. No, it's good. Yeah, we're we're good. Wow. I I don't understand why why they did that. I don't know. (laughs) Like... That's the that's the thing that bothers me because like up until that point it was literally just a beat by beat adaptation of the game yeah and that's fine yeah they it didn't <laughs> need to do that it's literally fine yeah like, it, it was a little like scatterbrained at points where they kind of skipped around some of the story beats but you know it was fine it's it it looks good it sounds good it, it's a fun treat for Dragon Quest fans up until that point yeah it's. I I don't understand because for me it's for me it just didn't make sense because it was like why bother yeah why, and I understand the backlash because just why e- there's there is like that whole isekai is incredibly lazy sort of thing and this yes. was the laziest of lazy this was isekai that wasn't even trying yeah <laughs> this is this is equivalent to mario 2 and it was a dream the whole time so it's not <laughs> canon because it's just doki doki picnic <laughs> you know right. it's it's that level of absolute laziness yes. that i cannot believe they went through with yeah uh and it's incredibly disappointing because it sours what I felt was fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. But what what about you? You're writing a review on it. How did this ending sort of change how you saw the whole movie as a whole? Yeah, well, like, honestly, like, before the movie, before, like, the plot twist, I probably would have given it, like, a high six, low seven. That's, just because, that's fair. Just because, like, they rushed through some of, like, the introduction stuff. Yeah. But that ending really did not need to be there. Why did they do that? <laughs> it's one of the great mysteries. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to use the power of the internet, and we're going to see if we can't find out why in <laughs> God, on God's green earth. It's like there was literally... It's like considering the kind of like game Dragon Quest is, like a, people go into it expecting like basic like fantasy sort of sort of like a fun fantasy adventure with these charming characters in this fun world, but like nobody goes into a Dragon Quest property asking for Isekai. And like no. if you are going to make it like a weird Isekai thing, you might as well like promote that up front. Like, hey, this is what we're doing with the property and don't trick people into watching garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I've been looking for an interview, but uh, just through a, a quick Google search, it's being, it's uh, not, I'm not seeing anything yeah. about it, uh, and I, it's likely that if there is an interview, it's entirely in Japanese, and while I do have an elementary understanding of Japanese, <laughs> like, I was actually holding my, holding my own listening through, like, the dialogue to that uh, in comparison to the uh, the English dub, which is wrong yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just like a completely different script yes. uh but you know man that's it's it's really tragic seeing that but yeah uh let's talk about even though it's not on the list here let's talk a little bit about ready player one uh, uh. uh off the cuff here because that's another sort of very similar like fantasy sort of uh story where Mr. Man, don't remember his name. He's he's like a plank of wood. Uh, don't care. He play, he he's like a oh I don't even remember his like fake name. It's it's like Lancelot or something stupid. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. But cringe a lot. Oh okay. Oh I thought you'd seen the movie. No, I haven't. Oh well, that's I oh that's unfortunate. Well then I'm gonna talk a little bit about Ready Player One. Uh the the whole thing with the other world in Ready Player One. It doesn't it, because it's built from the ground up around it. I feel like it does. It makes sense 
at the very least in terms of the world building however the whole there 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 isn't necessarily a whole like uh big it's real to me gamer monologue yes uh which actually makes it better than dragon quest your story (laughs) but it's definitely like nerd bait Sort of the 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 final boss is uh, playing adventure on the Atari twenty six hundred, <laughs> which is just just wonderful. Remember this thing from your childhood? Who had an Atari? Who in the current who in current year who is like thirty had an Atari? It's for forty year olds. It's for it's for like boomers. it's for borderline boomers. Yeah, Gen 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 X. Gen X. Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, I did have an Atari flashback. So I did play adventure when I was four. Yes. Uh, and you, I, I, do you think I cared? <laughs> you think it mattered to me? Nope. Whatever. But yeah, I, we'll just we'll just not talk about yeah. Ready Player One because I don't really know what to say about it. Instead, yeah. Do you have any other uh, specific examples that I perhaps know about? Uh, and we can have a little bit of a discussion on how. Whatever you're looking, whatever you want to look at, uses the isekai genre in either a good or a bad way. So the one I want to talk, basically the big daddy of the isekai genre, so to so to call it, is I want to talk about Sword Online. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh boy. This is a show I have a weird relationship with. Well, I-, I loathe it, but <laughs> I have watched... Both Sword Art Online and Sword Art Online 2. What about the gun series? Yeah, that's the one I watched. Yeah, that's the second season I watched. Wait, that's, I thought that was like a separate show, was the gun show. Um, I think they did a spinoff of the gun show. Like, season two takes place in the gun universe, but then... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Gal Gun? Which is a yeah, different Gal thing. Gun. <laughs> it was just like a gun thing. But th- but basically, I started from the start, and then I st- I think I stopped watching around the time they had an arc with the with the dying girl. Oh, yes, good, good, yeah, yeah. Uh, my experience with Sword Art Online goes about halfway through the first season. I watched it with one of my good friends back home because he had recommended it, and he was like, "This is one of my favorite shows. It get it's so good," <laughs> and I I knew. I knew, <laughs> I knew uh, from being a very internet savvy person that oh wait a minute, Sword Art Online gets bad after six <laughs> episodes. Yeah. So I watched those six episodes and I was satisfied. Yeah. Uh, why is why is Sword Art Online so notorious for? Because it it gets bad, yeah. but why does it get bad? So basically, the real, honestly, like hot take here, but. I'd argue that Sword Art Online was never really good. It was never good. It okay. was never good. But, like, the first episode had a little bit of intrigue, but after that, you just kind of have Kirito becoming an uns... Just, like... The greatest The ever. greatest gamer of all time. Yeah, like... Being able to take down so many enemies with, like, one sword and barely... A- and nobody barely putting a dent in his health. And his, like, invulnerable coat that he has or yes. something stupid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, like, at the end of the first season, the big twist is that when he meets, like, the, the game developer, uh, Kaiba. Yeah. Kaiba? Kaibacore? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Kaiba? his main motivation turns out to be, I made this game because I forgot LOL. Why does that matter? <laughs> First of all, how did you forget you make a game? Second of all, how is that important to the narrative? I don't know. It's like you expect like this big reveal about why he wanted to do this. Like, oh, I wanted to become God or something. But no, it's just like, LOL, I forgot. And then after that, Kirito wakes up and then he (laughs) he realized, oh shit, Asuna's back in there and she's and there's this creepy guy who wants to marry her and is keeping her trapped in the game world. I gotta go back. Uh, and that's basically where, where like the whole like misogyny thing comes in, where like every female character is just like either arm candy or damsel in distress. Uh, yeah, and this is, you know, a show trying to make strong female characters and failing desperately at yes. every turn. Like Asuna was okay during the first season, but after that, she's just the tentacle thing happens, and uh, I don't even want to know about the tentacle thing. I, you I don't. I, just, I don't know that and, uh, was happening. Yeah, and you want to know in the English dub, the tentacle monster was voiced by Vic Mignogna. Oh. 
ironic. Hide. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> they knew. They, 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 they knew. Uh, they, that's that's what they call typecasting in the industry. But um, um God. <laughs> Whoever was directing the FAO dub, you are. You, they I, knew. They knew. I mean, it's not like it was a big secret, right? Yeah. But they knew. Yeah. Of then, course they knew. But wow, that's. Sword Art Online is is just a mystery to me because I don't understand how it continues to remain popular when all I hear about it is that it's terrible. People like it, I guess. It's like I keep hearing, oh, this season is where it gets good. And then you watch it and it's like, oh, this is the same bullcrap as before. But no, no, it gets better. And then <laughs> Does it? Apparently it takes like... <laughs> when what? does it get better? I don't know. It's, they keep saying it gets better, but it never does. It's like it's like Final Fantasy thirteen, where you know it's like, oh yeah, you just gotta get to pulse, and then it gets good. And I'm sitting there forty hours in, still getting bar- barraged by cutscenes <laughs> starring whiny hope. And yeah. I'm sitting there like, and this is this is okay for input too, because Final Fantasy thirteen is mostly a movie. Uh, <laughs> You know, see, I'm getting barraged by cutscenes, and I'm not at Pulse yet, and it's like 40 hours in, and I'm sitting there like, please God, yes. <laughs> when does it get good? <laughs> it doesn't get good. Sword Art Online does not get good. Do not listen to anyone who tells you that it gets good. It doesn't. We at Byte have qualms with Sword Art Online. Yes. And a lot of other people do. Uh, and sort of, I guess, to stay on topic with the whole isekai thing... Uh, what sort of elements that you see common within the isekai genre that I, and I may have already asked this question what, yeah. sort of, what, what sort of elements within the genre uh, are present in Sword Art Online and do they end up being positive or negative overall? I'd say most of the tropes that Sword Art Online sort of helped popularize are negative because like Sword Online came out before like the big isekai boom, like around 2012 yeah. or so. Yeah, so after, it, it's that's yeah. the father. Yeah, the granddaddy. Oh no. Yep. It's it's the reason. It's the everything else is punishment for our sins <laughs> for enjoying for uh, enjoying. If you did Sword Art Online, yes. Uh, I'm if you and if you did, I don't understand. But God bless you. I'd rather people enjoy things than not enjoy things because being miserable isn't fun. <laughs> Yeah, not all the time, at yeah. least. Being miserable is fun sometimes. Speaking of misery, I'm going to talk about Konosuba because that's another example that I I know a bit about uh, because I have watched both uh, both seasons yeah. of the anime and I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah. for what it is. Yeah. Uh, Konosuba is kind of a parody of the isekai genre because it's re- it's reincarnation into a fantasy world but the main character uh he dies of shock after a tractor almost runs him over uh <laughs> and he gets laughed at by the goddess aqua and she's like you can take one thing with you into this fantasy world and big genius is like i'll take you into the fantasy world with me i'm bringing you down with me <laughs> big brain move <laughs> which was quite possibly the dumbest the worst decision he could make because she is absolutely useless aqua is a useless character and uh through his journey attempting to like live in this world he's incredibly poor and all of his friends that he makes including darkness and megumin uh, are incredibly useless and like (laughs) uh, thoroughly unlikable characters yes well they're enjoyable to watch but they're not people you necessarily want to be friends with yeah Uh, which is one of the big jokes because mr protagonist pretty much doesn't want to romance any of them, <laughs> which I think is an interesting little jab at some of the other, like, harem aspects, because this could very yeah. easily be a harem sort of anime, and while it's, it has a lot of fan service, oh my goodness, it's loaded with fan service, but at the end of the day, Kazuya doesn't like any of his companions. <laughs> like... It's 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 incredible. God damn it! I'm stuck in this world with these idiots. <laughs> He's legitimately <laughs> stuck there, and all of his friends are terrible, and it's amazing. Yes. Uh, like I, it's it's definitely a great comedy if you haven't watched it. I think yeah. I think it's a blast. But yeah. uh, and this is, it also you know has some things to say about gamers and yeah. certain popular characters. 
Uh, this is a little bit somewhat hearsay because my source is a Reddit post that I read of the translating an interview with the creator. But apparently the creator originally in the light novel, or I believe it was a light novel first, yeah. uh, intentionally designed Megumin uh, in a way that to shame people for their love of the lolly archetype. We stand. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> g- gamers missed the point. Ah, <laughs> of course they did. It went over their heads. So, uh, yeah, if you ever Google, don't. Nah. Do not Google do not Megumin. Google do not Google any female anime character. <laughs> Never. Or any Sonic character for that yeah. matter. Or Just, anyone. Google or, nothing. Don't Google women. <laughs> don't Google women especially. <laughs> Google's <laughs> Google's women. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh god. Uh, but what I think makes Konosuba so popular yeah. uh d- is that it uses these sorts of isekai elements. Now, it's built from it's built using them. So yeah. it, it has to use them, but it doesn't use them in a way where it it feels lazy and like a cop out. Yeah. It feels very intentional by the creator mm-hmm. to use these sorts of tropes to either make a statement or just in, enable good comedy within the show. Yeah. Uh, and while it is very fan servicey, and that turn that can turn a lot of people off. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, it also has genuinely some really great character moments and uh, a fa- a, th- a fairly likable protagonist due to the <laughs> fact that he's not ridiculously overpowered. Yeah. He's just some dude who can talk his way out of bad situations. Yes, we love that kind of protagonist. Yeah, and you know that that sort of like regular dude. Uh, Appreciate it. We yes. we love that. We love some guy, yes. some guy TM or yes. some girl TM. Yes, regular Joe. <laughs> we stand you. <laughs> Absolutely. So to go to go to wrap this up, uh, what would be? We're we're gonna talk hypothetically here, as I like to do on input two. Yes, because this is how you can really rack your brain and get uh, critical with what you're talking about here. What would you do if you were making if you were given the keys to create your own isekai thing? Yes. Uh what sort of things would you do with the genre? And I this is another like big hard yes. to answer question, but all right, just throw out some ideas. Well, personally, I would personally like first off, I would do a female protagonist because we have enough men in this. This is mostly a male-dominated genre. Yes, and besides, if I'm going into a virtual world, I always pick the girl character. Yes. I'm tired of dudes. Yes, please. Thank you. All right. So basically what I would do with it is mainly focus on, like, try to come up with something that isn't stuck in a game or died and got reincarnated. Or maybe just, like... I don't know where I'd go with it. Just So would you go with more of like an Alice in Wonderland sort of? Yeah, sort of Alice in Wonderland sort of thing. Uh, somebody just ends up for how from however in another world and then they have to like adjust to it. They're still yeah. dumb. They don't have any new powers. They Yeah, that's sort like basically what I would do is focus on like the world building and politics of the world and like see how this, how this character would adapt to being put in this new situation. Yeah. How they... How they feel about all these new, like, wacky race, all of these wacky people living in their world. Yeah, because that's something that isekais can do. Yeah. Is uh, give us a view into the sort of di- a different perspective yeah. of, uh, like, because you can create some really great characters bouncing off of a very bland sort of, not necessarily bland, but so a character that, a, a main character that's. Sort of like a, f- kind of like do a fish out of water story yeah, with they're, it. They're, 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 they act as a prism to make yeah. the other characters shine brighter. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's a great way to go about the isekai. And that's yeah. something that Konosuba, I think, does pretty well. Yeah. Uh, because the all the characters reflect uh, uh, reflect off of, Ka- <laughs> of uh, Kazuya and show some interesting varieties of character tropes and personalities that I think work really well. Yeah. Uh, and aside from that, 
Uh, are there any other things that you would do? Like, is there, if you were to make an adaptation, what would you want to adapt into an, is- uh, like a, an isekai sort of thing? Nothing. I would just make it my own original <laughs> no, story. I would not Original taint, content? What? I would not taint another IP with isekai garbage. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think for me... Uh, I'm a big I'm a big D&D fan. Yeah. Uh, I know people were throwing around that idea of a fake D&D movie where... Oh, that'd ev- actually be fun. Where everyone gets, like, th- th- where the the uh, players get thrust into that world, <laughs> and they, it's literally life or death as their DM friend tries to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, because if you've if you've ever DM'd, you know that the best part is threatening rocks on people's heads. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's sort of a story where not just one person, but a group of people getting thrown into an unusual world and having yeah. to adapt. I think that that would be a little more interesting. Yeah. Uh, I love me some creature collectors. So perhaps uh, some monsters <laughs> that some monster tamers. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for JRPGs, so any sort of, like, JRPG tropes, throw those in there. Yeah. Uh, make it a salad. d and d JRPG isekai. Uh, and it'll probably, it probably exists in some form, and it yeah. will exist eventually, because it's not the most creative, but... I would also want to see some twists on some of the like main genre tropes, like what makes some more creative villains. Uh, yeah, more creative like NPCs in the world. Uh, yeah, feel free to get to get stupid. Uh, <laughs> embrace how cheesy it is and get stupid. Yeah, I think that that's something that a lot of isekai could do is recognize that your genre is overdone to death and is very tropey. And embrace it. It's okay <laughs> to be dumb. Yeah. People, be dumb and be proud. Yes. Be Thank you. Stupid and proud. <laughs> yes. Uh, so any, this has kind of like been a very wild, chaotic discussion. Uh, but do you have any final thoughts on the isekai genre and sort of the things we've been discussing today? I don't, uh, let's see. Screw Dragon Quest, your story. All right, that's bad. Screw Sword Art Online. Also bad. Um, Stan Konosuba, I haven't seen it, but it sounds very good and I need to get to watching it. Yeah, it, I I would, I would, it's, I don't know if I'd act, like, I I would say it's, I had a blast watching it. Is it for everyone? Probably not. (laughs) Because it's anime. Yeah. And, oh. I mean, I love stupid shit, so. It's incredibly stupid. And that's why I love it. Yeah. Uh. However, all the Megumin fans, uh, find your way into a trash compactor. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. You're going to go to hell before you die. You're going to go to hell before you die. Just, just, just like classic Isekai star Captain Lou Albano from the Super Mario <laughs> Brothers Super Show. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Good. Uh, I guess my final thoughts is be more creative Yes. Isekai is it's sort of a scapegoat, I think, for a lot of anime a lot of problems that are just kind of in anime right now. Oh definitely. Uh while Isekai is incredibly tropey, that's just sort of a thing that's happened with a lot of recent anime. Yeah. Uh and a lot of recent anime has even stuff that isn't isekai, like, I watched, for some reason, I watched Goblin Slayer. Oh, yeah, that. Which used very, even though it wasn't an isekai, it used a lot of the same story beats as an isekai. Yeah. And a lot of the same disgusting misogyny as an isekai. Yeah. Uh, wow, uh, that, the... We do not like that show. Like, ugh. Uh, uh, if they like, uh, if they just did and it's not, like that, I hate how like weird nerds are defending it, comparing it to Berserk when that show actually had substance. Yeah, Goblin Slayer does not have because after the first episode, it's bog standard. Yes. It's literally just that first episode that decides to be s- uh, disgusting. Yeah, and it makes no sense. But yeah. you know, that's that's something I thought about because like that's I I was like confused because when I think about it, it's like was that Nisekai? But no, it was just no, a, it was just a regular. fantasy world where there's a guild and you take quests. Yeah, just you know? regular fantasy. Because that's normal. Yeah. Is you, there's a guild and you take quests <laughs> in real fantasy medieval England. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think 
at times isekai just becomes like the punching bag but it, it it's got it's a lazy genre and it has yeah. a lot of problems but there are also a lot of cool things you can do with it and there are of course a lot of subgenres of isekai so we we're just giving a very broad overview here this is sort of a trial run for what i'm going to try and do with input two in the future instead of talking about a specific thing i'm going to talk about a genre or another sort of random aspect of film or TV shows, and we will discuss how we'll discuss a few examples that go within that genre or topic that I have selected at random and analyze them. Uh, and I think that that's something I'm going to try and do for the season of Input Two going forward. Uh, if you have any feedback for what we can do better for future episodes, feel free to leave a comment uh, on SoundCloud or send us shoot us an email. Uh, bite bsu or bsu bite at gmail.com uh, and let us know your thoughts on what we can do better uh, and if you think that this was a good change and uh, maybe we will do more of these sort of episodes in the future because I think that this was a fun discussion even yeah. though it was a very wild and chaotic discussion <laughs> that yes. I'm sure our editor loved Yes, uh, all of your favorites are isekai everything you love is an isekai yes. going underwater in a submarine is an isekai you're going to another world yes. going into space is an isekai <laughs> god <laughs> Your your Real. dreams, your dreams, <laughs> where you are imagining yourself in like a like scenarios that are like real life but not your life that's an isekai <laughs> your dreams are an isekai and you can't escape yes. them real life is an isekai real life is an isekai the simulation is just bugging out and we're all just going to die soon yeah that's what the static is about but yeah uh that will be the end of this episode of Input 2. I have been your host, Tanner Kinney. And with me today, I have had... Catherine Simone. And if you like this program, feel free to follow us on uh, inst- on our social media pages, at uh, uh, ByteBSU, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat as well. We are using our Snapchat more frequently, so I highly recommend you follow it for some excellent content. Yay. And if you would like some more written content or some more video content or even other podcasts, check us out on ByteBSU.com. Uh, we have tons of great things coming out. Uh, any any uh, features that are in the works right now that you know about? Uh, not that I know about, but there's stuff coming. Yeah, stuff always stuff is always coming. We've got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, I know that I proposed a feature idea that I will probably actually write. Uh, turning my, what I what I want to do is I want to take popular franchises and turn them into sad dad games. <laughs> yes. Uh, in honor of The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, that's, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. There's always good stuff coming out. So make sure you, uh, bookmark our page, check back frequently, uh, see what's coming out, follow us on social media, keep updated and, uh, follow us on SoundCloud, of course, and do whatever you need to do to keep in touch with us. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Input 2. Thank you all for listening.